Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of CodeNewbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today we're talking about sorting algorithms. This season of BCS is brought to you by DevDiscuss. DevDiscuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halpert, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so sorting algorithms. So I think I'm going to like this one because there are two words and I feel like I know a little bit about both of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling pretty good. Mm -hmm. You're also like organized. So you also probably are a big fan of sorting things in general. I do like I do like a good sort. I really do. (laughs) I do like a good sort. Um, I said sort, not snort. But um. (laughs) So, okay, so sorting is, you know, putting things in their proper place and grouping things sort of, kind of, right? Mm -hmm. And algorithm we've talked about before. Remember when I said, don't tell me that an algorithm is like a brownie. And then you kind of basically did that. And then I was like, I just said, don't do that. And then we had like a whole thing about it. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked about algorithms before, but I don't think we've talked about these two things together. So what is a sorting algorithm? So we all know what sorting is, but for the context of a sorting algorithm, I just want us to all be Mm -hmm. on the same page about it. When we're talking about sorting and the idea of sorting, what we're really talking about is organizing items, and those items can be anything, in some, I should say, similar items. It's not just organizing items, but organizing items Mm -hmm. that are similar in some way by some sort of property in like increasing or decreasing order. So... You need to know what the items are in order to sort them, and you need to know Mm -hmm. what the property is that you're going to sort by, and then you need to know, are you sorting by increasing or decreasing order? So those are the important bits. That's actually a lot of information. Yeah. Now that we've listed them out, that's like, you need a couple ingredients for this recipe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorting is not not a game. It's serious business. (laughs) It's hardcore. (laughs) It's tough stuff. Okay. Cool. Okay, so we got our three ingredients. Tell us more. Another interesting thing about sorting and sorting algorithms is a sorting algorithm usually results in some kind of sorted list. 
some sort of output, right? And it's after right. the algorithm has done its job of sorting it by whatever property in whatever order, it gives us this output. It gives us a sorted list. Mm -hmm. Another important thing to note is that a sorted list is really just a permutation of the original mm. unsorted list. So what I mean by that is it's a reordering of our OG data. Oh, interesting. I never thought of permutations in that way of being like, it's another version, you know, and there's many different versions we can have depending on how we sort them and in what order and what property and Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I I'm trying to think like what are things that I sort in real life? Laundry. Ooh, ooh, ooh laundry. Mm -hmm. That's an easy yeah. one. Right? Yeah. So when I sort <laughs> I'm pretending like I sort my laundry. <laughs> um when I sort <laughs> I love it because you were the one who suggested it so enthusiastically. And so I was like, wow, no. I wonder how she sorts her laundry. Is it by color? Is it by size? Is it by garments? I don't at all. All my clothes are messed up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was actually at the, at the jean, at the, the Levi's, uh, this weekend. And I said to the lady, I said, Hey, how do you wash jeans? And she was like, you, she's like, you don't. And I said, oh, okay, okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, she informed me that you're not supposed to. And if you do, you should do it inside out and you should hang dry them. And I said, well, I have never done that right. So, um, that's why all my jeans are faded and to stretched out. So there we go. <laughs> Um, okay, so, yeah, so sorting laundry, though, you know, if you do, if you're that type of person, uh, it makes sense because you want to have all the whites together and then you can add bleach and it's fine. And you're not going to ruin your colors and the whites will be brighter and then the color will, you know, whatever, whatever. So that makes sense, right? There's like clear advantages to doing that. Why do I want to sort things in the computer science context? What do I mm -hmm. what do I get? Oh, this is a great question. I think a good example of this is remember our binary search tree and oh, yeah. the fact that we could run the binary search algorithm on it or mm -hmm. I think we had even another episode where we talked about another thing that we can do it with a binary search tree. I've even forgotten what it was, but there are lots of things you can do with a binary search tree because it is sorted. And the reason mm. why sorting lends itself really well and why computers leverage sorting is because they make it very easy to read data and then search and retrieve it because it's organized. And when you know that something's going to be organized, well, now you can be smart about how you're going to add something to it or remove something or find something. Oh. Okay. So it's like a, a, a pre-step. Like before you do the operation, if you sort it first and the operation would ideally be faster, easier, take less processing power, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. And like you can write clever algorithms or you can use data structures that will make it easy for you. For example, like an array, an array has to have data that's sorted in some way because it's an ordered index thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are have data that you can sort, then now you can do a whole lot of other things like use indices or find something quickly or add or remove something and put it in the right place quickly because of the fact that it's sorted. 
Okay, that makes complete sense because I'm thinking, you know, if I am in in an app or something and I have a, a list of stuff and I want to quickly find something, usually the first thing I'll do is I'll sort it in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a sort option and how I'm viewing my data the fir- or my files, right? Like mm-hmm. just in my in Finder on my computer, the first thing I'll do is, you know, uh, list it, sort it in alphabetical order by file name. Oh, that's and then that makes it so much, right? Like that makes it so much faster for me to then find, right? To find is my operation, the thing I'm looking for. Or other times, if I know, okay, this was the last recording that I did, then I'll sort by date created. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was surprised that you sort by alphabet because I cannot keep my files under control. So I just sort by last added. (laughs) (laughs) So I basically, like if you visualize my life, it's like files on files and I don't go looking for the last files down there like once in a year. All I'm doing is just grabbing the file from the top. I'm just like, I can't even go digging through this. This is no good. This is no bueno. Okay, we need to work on this. This This is not sustainable. No, it's not. This is why, throwback to another episode, my email inbox is atrocious. That's true. This is my problem. But not as bad as mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so I totally get how, you know, if I put on my computer hat, that means that I'm a computer, um, <laughs> and I <laughs> and I think about my own data, which is usually like files and stuff is usually what I'm dealing with, and I'm always sorting, and I'm sorting by different properties and, and you know, in descending and ascending and all that, and that makes it easier for me to find stuff. So it makes total sense that you'd want to do that with your data. But my next question is... When it comes to programs, what kinds of things are our machines sorting? So I'm sorting laundry. I'm sorting through file names. When we're talking about sorting algorithms, what kinds of stuff are we talking about? You can really sort anything that has a property that it can be sorted by, I think is the answer to that. Mm. Because... If you have a string, you could sort it by, like you could alphabetize it. If you have documents, you can sort by size. If you have numbers, you can sort by numerical order. You can, If you have timestamps mm-hmm. or dates, you can sort by most recent or the oldest. You know, you can mm-hmm. basically name any sort property, as it were. And if it's a valid property, then, you know, you can sort by it. The important thing is... You need to be sure that your whole data set has that property on it. So if you have a bunch of timestamps oh. and then you have an image of a cat, well, now that's not helpful because unless you know, the image the image has like a timestamp on it, like I don't know how to sort by that mm. if I'm a computer. So there's an important mm. rule here, which is that your data set that you're sorting has to have items that are homogenous. They have to be of the same type. Oh. So you can't sort a data okay. set that's like numbers and, you know, letters because there's no shared property to sort by. You'd have to give mm. them sort of some sort of shared property or you'd have to change your data set or divide it up and mm-hmm. sort the data sets independently. Interesting. Okay, that makes total sense. I like that everything so far is logical. And, you know, same with the, oh, actually, this drives me nuts when I'm sorting by file size. Sometimes my folders in, in Finder, I mean, sometimes the folders, yeah, I haven't calculated you know, the size of the folder yet. Mm-hmm. Like it, I haven't pressed the button or hasn't, you know, finished calculating. And so it'll just like be at the bottom. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful. If I, you know, <laughs> I can't sort by it because it's nothing. Like there's no value there, you know? So it just all kind of huddles at the at the bottom. I think it's just hiding from me with, you know, because it's full of shame and how it's not being very helpful. Wait, is it an empty and, folder? Uh, 
No, it's not empty folder. It's just that, you know, when you, because all the, the files themselves have, you know, their size mm-hmm. already there. But for the folders, because it, you know, it holds a bunch of other stuff, usually it takes a while to actually calculate it. Or you have to actually go and say, like, calculate all the, all, you know, the, the file size for this thing. Whoa. And so if that isn't done, then it'll just be nothing that won't have a value there and then it just goes to the bottom being useless well that's a lie those folders aren't empty oh that's right it's bad design exactly yeah you gotta you gotta have those properties all the time yeah okay so we talked about all the different things that we're sorting now where does the algorithm part come in because so far we've really just been focusing on the sorting of Mm -hmm. sorting algorithm but where but what about the algorithm part of sorting algorithm? Well, the algorithms are really just different strategies for how to sort. And you'll remember from back when we did like DFS and BFS, we talked about the fact that you can have different variations on a search algorithm and there are different strategies. So it's the same thing with sorting algorithms. You might want to have a different strategy based on the type of data or the size of the data. Those strategies, those are really how we kind of classify sorting algorithms. So a good way of thinking about it is that you can have a sorting algorithm and you might have a sorting algorithm that leans heavily on preserving one strategy and maybe doesn't care about another strategy. And those are the ways that we classify sorting algorithms are by these there's actually six different types of sorting algorithms that are commonly used. That's way more than I thought. I thought there'd be like, you can pick from two, but we actually have six of them. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. and actually, some of them, some of the six are actually twofold. They're more of ways of describing the algorithm. So like you could have, oh. actually, you know, why don't I just tell you what you can <laughs> Okay, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go get, get right into it. I just keep <laughs> dancing around, but I think we're ready. Let's dive in. So the six different ways of classifying a sorting algorithm they are. You can look at time complexity. You mm-hmm. can consider. And we talked about that before. We've talked about that a lot. So right, that's like the big notationy stuff. Cool, cool, cool. Familiar. That's 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 our familiar friend. <laughs> we can also talk about space complexity or the memory usage mm-hmm. of a sorting algorithm. That's another way of classifying. And we've also talked about that before as well. We're gonna get into some stuff nice. we haven't talked about now. You can also classify by a sorting algorithm stability and whether or not it's stable. Oh. You can also classify a sorting algorithm based on whether it is internal or external, which has to do with memory a little bit. And you can classify a sorting algorithm. This is number five, by the way, in case you've lost count, (laughs) because we just keep listing them out. (laughs) Number five is that you can classify it by whether it is recursive or non-recursive. Okay. And recursive we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. That's a familiar idea. Mm -hmm. And finally, we can classify an algorithm based on whether... It is comparison or a non-comparison sort. Okay, so for things like stability, internal versus external, and um, comparison versus non-comparison, are we talking about the algorithm itself or the output of the algorithm? Like what what is the stability in the internal and external? Like what 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 is it referring to on a on a high level? Well, in some cases, it is talking about the output. For example, when it comes to stable sorting algorithms, you can basically classify if it's stable or not, looking at the output and whether it preserves the order of elements in a certain way. 
But the reason that mm. it is stable is because of the algorithm itself, right? Uh, right, right. So it's kind of both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In some in some situations, um, like a comparison sort, you don't actually look at the output so much. You're looking at how the algorithm compares between two items. So you're not really looking at, oh, does it output it in this way? You're looking at how the algorithm works internally, like how it functions, if it's doing mm. one thing versus another. Interesting. Okay, let's dig into, well, let's dig into the first one, time complexity. What does that look like? Well, I think the easiest way to classify an algorithm, honestly, is by time complexity because, one, mm. we've talked about it a lot, uh, and so we can mm. kind of imagine what it means to have an algorithm that is fast based on a input size or slow based on another input size, and it's it's something we're familiar with. So, Time complexity is basically the big O notation of how much time a sorting algorithm takes with respect to its input size. So basically, if I give this algorithm five items versus 50 million, how is it going to behave? And the way that we talk mm. about time complexity is, and actually something I want to say is that we're going to talk about all six of these things but we're going to talk about it in relation to different sorting algorithms. So there's no time complexity algorithm, but we'll say like, for example, if we're looking at an algorithm like merge sort, we might say the time complexity of merge sort is whatever. Ah, okay. So it kind of goes the same way. Like if we're talking about stability or comparison, we'll say this algorithm, algorithm X, is a stable algorithm versus mm. algorithm Y, which is not stable. Or algorithm mm. X is a comparison algorithm, but algorithm Y is a non-comparison algorithm. So we're kind of using mm. these as classifiers. We're saying, you know, these are the ways that we can identify the way that this algorithm behaves, what we can expect from it, what it might output to us, or how it might be doing the work of sorting. And depending on certain situations, like your data set or what you want to do, you might choose to use one algorithm or another. Mm, okay. I'm okay with that. And I like that because, well, frankly, we've been kind of doing that the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've been talking about different algorithms and data structures and we've been, I don't think we've talked about it in terms of classifying them, but we've described them and talked about if they're good or not so great or when would we use them and, you know, what are the pros, what are the cons? So we have been, you know, for, I want to say since maybe the first season even, mm -hmm gone through this process of reflecting on the tools that we have and, and talking about how to think about them and how to evaluate them. So this feels like a nice, maybe a more formal way of doing it. Like we have six labels and six groups that we can, in which we can talk about different algorithms. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a really nice way of being able to compare them because as we mm -hmm. go on through probably this season and the next season and who knows how many seasons it'll take us to get through all the algorithms, it will start to become evident that these labels, these classifications are really going to help us when you want to compare them. Mm. And also, if you want to kind of keep your head straight and be like, which was that really bad sorting algorithm again? Which one was <laughs> the one that just you know, gets worse and worse with each thing that you add to it? Let's not use that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be helpful to us down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So time complexity, I think we were good on that one. Um, space complexity, what's that about? Space complexity, we also are familiar with. It is the big O notation when it comes to how much space a algorithm requires to do the work of sorting. So one of the things to note is that depending on different algorithms, you might need extra space or 
you know, extra memory, I guess, to actually do the work of sorting the input. Mm-hmm. So you could have a sorting algorithm that does one thing, which is it copies over all of the inputted data that you give it. And then any sorting that it does, any changes that it does, it does on that copied version. So it kind of creates a whole other set mm-hmm. of data. It uses a whole bunch of extra memory and mm-hmm. then does the sorting on that. And that's something that we call an out-of-place algorithm. Yeah. So you might be able to imagine then what an in-place algorithm does. An in-place algorithm operates directly on the input data set and changes it. It's not going to it's not going to copy it over. It's going to work on the thing you gave it just now. So it'll modify and sort the data in place, basically, mm-hmm. almost like in line. And the thing about that is there's no original input left if you give a sorting algorithm oh, right. that's in place data because you know it's going to sort oh, it right there. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends. Maybe we want to get rid of that evidence. I don't know. <laughs> the other thing is I do want to note one thing, which is that even in-place algorithms, they sometimes will do something that will require a little bit of extra space. So I don't want to completely let them get away with everything. Because sometimes in-place algorithms do things like create extra variables and they create temporary variables or they need to allot a little Mm, bit of... To help them out. Yeah. They need to allot a little bit of space. Because remember, they can't copy everything over. So they might need to like hold a reference to one thing as they sort and then put that thing back in another place. But that small amount of space is pretty minimal. In fact, I think we could Mm. usually think about it as like a constant amount of extra space because even as the sorting, as the data grows, it's still going to be pretty much O of one amount of space. Mm. So Mm. it is still less space, but it's not like it's, you know, completely free of not needing to allocate a little bit of space. Okay. So with this category, it sounds like in place is always awesome, right? Because it uses the least amount of space possible. Is there a situation where we would want to do an out of place space complexity thingy? Well, it can be safer to do sometimes, right? Because you're not working on the data set itself. But there is a drawback, which is that the memory usage for an out of place algorithm is going to grow the more space you give it because it's got to copy it all over. On the other hand, Mm -hmm. an in-place algorithm is, it doesn't need to do that, but there's a danger Mm -hmm. because the data gets completely transformed in the process of sorting it and the original data is now gone. And that can be helpful if you don't have enough memory to spare. It can be bad if you need that original data for some reason. Question. Mm -hmm. What if you do an out-of-place situation and then you once you know that you've completed it and everything's all amazing and fantastic, you go back and you delete the original data. Does that still count as an out of place or is that now an in place? Or is it, you know, something I just created magically just now? <laughs> well, if your algorithm outputs a new data set that it copied over and it didn't operate on the original data set, then at some point it did have to allocate mm-hmm. the memory. So it's still out of place. Okay. So it's still out of place. Ah, man, I was hoping I invented something just now. Well, I mean, I think what you're saying is pretty smart, which is that if you're using an out-of-place algorithm, you should probably be do the logistics of making sure you either clean up after yourself or maybe mm-hmm. if you're working with some higher-level language, you know, you have the garbage collector that can do that for you. Mm-hmm. And actually, mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. a lot of the time that's what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. if you're thinking about implementing the org- – the I was going to say the organism. 
<laughs> I invent organisms all the time. We are now a science podcast. <laughs> Scales, feathers, fur. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're thinking about implementing the algorithm itself, then you're not going to have anybody to like lean on for garbage collection. You'll mm. clean up after yourself, but your algorithm still had to allocate all the memory, so it makes it out of mm-hmm. place. So we just went through the first two out of the six classifications for algorithms, and we'll have to finish the rest next time. And that's the end of today's show. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review and make sure to check out Vitahee's blog post. Link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vitahee, you want to say goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.